Hi, welcome to I Wanna Change the World. I'm your host, Janae Gilmore. That thought, I wanna change the world, has been a guiding force behind so many decisions in my career and in my life in general. But what does it actually look like for me, or anyone really, to change the world? On this podcast, you'll hear about my ongoing journey to figure out my place in creating a better world. As you listen, I invite you to reflect on yours. Let's get ready to change the world together. Hello and welcome or welcome back to the podcast. Can you believe it? We are already up to episode six and what a full circle moment this is. About six months ago, I met a really cool person on the internet named Petra Vega. We had both signed up for this online summer camp and I'm doing the air quotes thing over here which was a pop-up business marketing program mostly targeted towards coaches like us. I think Petra left an encouraging note on one of my posts in the Facebook group or something, and we ended up connecting. And I was super excited because she was a coach and facilitator like me, but she seemed so many steps ahead of me when it came to marketing and actually having her business off the ground. And I thought, wow, I can learn so much from this person. But when she reached out to me about connecting for virtual coffee, what could have been a very transactional, what mutual benefit can I get from this person type conversation quickly became a genuine connection. We talked about our backgrounds, our aspirations and social justice and our mutual fandom of the matrix and so much more. During that conversation, I said to her, I'm going to be starting this podcast in a few months and I would love to have you on as a guest. But let me get my stuff together and launch, and then I'll get back to you. We stayed in touch over the months, and she's been cheering me on since I launched the podcast and has also generously connected me to people and spaces that I hadn't encountered before and also to ideas that I hadn't encountered before. And I've had a chance to attend one of her play shops, which you'll hear more about in the interview, and also to give her feedback and encouragement as well. Anyway, fast forward happy year, and here we are. I am so excited about the interview that you're getting ready to listen to. In this episode, as with every episode in season two, I continue delving into this idea that for aspiring world changers like you and like me, changing the the stuff out there starts with unpacking the stuff that we carry inside of us, individually and collectively. In the interview, I get to ask Petra about some of her insights into some of the things that keep us from showing up in our organizations and in our relationships with ourselves and with other humans in ways that reflect and bring us closer to the world that we want to see. But before we get to the main course, let me share a few things. First of all, to my regular listeners, yes, this is a much longer episode than you're used to. As much as I tried, I could not bring myself to squeeze this episode into the 40 minutes that I had originally planned. But let me tell you, this interview is rich and packed full of gems. It is worth the extra time. Second, as I shared in last week's episode, we are now in season two and I'm trying a new thing just for this season, at least as of right now, which is releasing episodes every week instead of every other week. It's an experiment. Let's just see how it goes. If you haven't already, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts, and sign up for my email list to make sure that you're notified when new episodes come out. Also, for each episode, I write an original blog post to kind of tee it up. You miss out on those if you're not on the email list or if you don't follow me on social media. You can check the show notes for how to do that. All right, without further ado, let's dive into the interview. 
Hello, hello. I am so excited to be joined by Petra Vega, the Liberatory Leadership Coach, to talk about the matrix and the fact that it's in us. What are we going to do about it, folks? Petra's going <laughs> to join me in conversation <laughs> to unpack that. So, Petra, my first question to you is, how are you working to change the world today? Let our listeners know. Yeah. So the way it's looked now formally, and I think it's been part of my work over the last decade, is really looking for ways and helping other folks, particularly marginalized folks, do leadership differently. Like I think there's um, mainstream versions that we see around leadership that are really packed into the way we'll talk about the matrix, really mm-hmm. baked into white supremacy and patriarchy and all of the other isms that aren't serving us. And I think mm-hmm. when either those of us that choose to be a leader, and I redefine that, maybe we'll get into that later in the episode, mm-hmm. um, or if we find ourselves wanting to be a connector of people and trying to create change, I think we could get stuck in some of the mainstream definitions of leadership that I'm like, y'all, we don't have to do it this way. Like Mm -hmm. if you are around me long enough, I'm like, there are other ways. And so I'm very curious around like, what are those ways? How can we be responsive to people? How can we be responsible for what we're putting out in the world and the decisions that we're making and the change you want to see? So I'm excited to chat on your podcast today. Awesome. So once again, to start with, what is the story that led you from, I'm assuming, idealistic college student, probably like, I want to make a difference, to years I know of working in the nonprofit sector, to what you're doing now? Tell us about that journey. Yeah. So I always quote that I became politicized in college. I took this intro to women's studies course in my very white uh, women's studies college department. And I know there will be a question around like, how can you sense that the matrix is is happening or is here? Mm-hmm. And for me, and I wonder for folks who may be listening, for me, it's always been like, there's something off here. And I've always had that sense about things, but I was never able to understand what that was quite. And even as I watch people and their leadership and decisions, and I'm just like, mm, I don't know about this. And it wasn't until that course that I was like, oh, there are words for this thing. And so that mm-hmm. just blew my mind once I learned words like white supremacy and patriarchy and heterosexism and all of these things that people theorize, but are that are based on lived experiences, right? That gave us this idea around the personal is political. And like, mm-hmm. I'm still there. I'm surprised by the people who are not familiar or don't like, that doesn't move people, right? That I'm like, y'all, this, we think that the stuff happening in our lives is so like, so particular to us, so unique to us. But I'm mm-hmm. like, it's just a... It's a blip part of a larger thing that's happening. And so once I had the the exposure to these words, I was like, it's that common that someone named it. Someone's named it. It's mm-hmm. that common that people have been trying to work really, really hard to change it forever. Mm-hmm. And I know for me, when I first had that course, I was like, y'all, there's oppression outside. But I was like, I can't <laughs> <laughs> Hold the something. phone. Hold the whole phone. <laughs> and I was like uh, 18, 18, maybe 19. I was like, did y'all race them? Race them, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I imagine, right, because that's a lot of people. And it might have been like the Freedom Summer of 2020 was that moment for people that was like, y'all, did you? I know. Come outside. It's wet, you know? And so 
once I figured that out and I came across that and that really illuminated some of my prior experiences of being like someone who grew up poor and always felt the kind of way that I grew up in an apartment and all of my friends had like their nice homes and I was raised by my grandparents and my friends had their biological parents. And so lots of stuff around family that we think is so specific, lots of stuff around culture, being a um, girl who my femininity didn't look like other people's femininity and having to experience the backlash of not performing in that kind of way. Thank you, Mm -hmm. patriarchy, of being like, what is happening here? I was like, oh no, like I need to tell everyone who will listen. And even if you won't listen, I was like, I'm going to tell you anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you know about transphobia? I was like, y'all, it's out here. Like we should do something about this. And it wasn't until the end of college that I became a women's studies major and then I minored in black studies. And I was like, who's going to pay me to like burn shit down? No one's going to pay me to do so. I was (laughs) like, okay, I'm a really good student. Let me keep going to school. So my dad actually found this social work program that had a focus in community organizing and based on all of like the research and my readings. And I was like, oh, lots of actors are doing this thing called community organizing. Mm -hmm. It seems like the way I understood it then, it was like, okay, the most the people most impacted by an issue, the ones creating the change, that seems like the purest way, right? Versus like a top-down approach or let me come in and tell you what the problem is kind of approach. Mm-hmm. Let me go learn how to do that. And so I did that in grad school and then hop from nonprofit to nonprofit learning about what does it mean to learn about leadership from the people, which is like the one of my taglines, right? That I'm like, I didn't, I wasn't a senior executive. Someone wasn't like, Petra, you should be go to the leadership role. I was like, mm-hmm. do you listen to people? Like, what are people saying? How do we figure out what people want? What do they need? How do we help people tap into their own innate abilities? And how do we mm-hmm. get people to talk to people, right? Particularly people who really care about the same things. Like, can we help them be in conversation, which I later learned, I'm like, oh, that's baby coaching, right? I'm like, how are we moving towards a goal is coaching. And so up until fast forward recently, where the thing that pushed me to entrepreneurship was that nonprofits love a good a good slogan. They love thinking about change. But one of the things that I named and with some of the responses to your questions was around the ways that we target the disruptor? Who are the dissenters? Who are the people that ask too many questions or Mm -hmm. uh, require accountability and really ask us to grapple with like, we got this equity, this equity value. How are we doing that? We got this accessibility value. How are we doing that? We got Mm -hmm. this relationships or care value, but people are tired. People are tired or people are burned or people are X, Y, Z. What are we doing about that? And it's nice to say that people are like, yeah, we, we care about it. But then when you are the person who's like, what are we doing about these things? Mm-hmm. You get a target on your back. And so me, along with some other folks in my team, we we decided to leave. We're like, we can't, we can't be mm-hmm. here any longer. We mm-hmm. did the change that we can do. And I know that's like a, a theme and folks who are leaving the traditional workforce right now. They're like, particularly if folks are, are care about social justice and change, they're like, mm-hmm. we tried, we did the pushing, we did the asking, we sat down, we had the conversations. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go do something else. I'm gonna go make art. I'm gonna go be an entrepreneur. I'm gonna go travel. And I really want to help us help places do, do better. That I'm like, work doesn't have to be this way, particularly it's something that we have to spend so much time doing. So, mm-hmm. Like a third of our lives is just producing labor mm-hmm. or if you exist in the world and you believe in purpose and and uh, we all have a gift thing to bring, that's a lot of time that we're spending around it. And I'm just like, y'all don't want us to do it this way any longer. And so I branched out. I was like, let's see, let's see what we can do. <laughs> Amazing. So I'm curious along this journey. So you talked about noticing, you know, hey, 
racism, all the isms, they are out there in the world. One of the things that um, I have talked about and will continue to talk about on this podcast is like, wait, but it's in me too. So I'm so curious what that journey was like for you discovering like, okay, I see that it's out there, but it's in me too. And now what am I going to do about it? Like, what was that journey for you? Yeah. So my first inclination that I can remember that systems of repression is, it wasn't just things that were in the institutions what I think we can think about, but it is mechanisms of things that we do to each other that we do to ourselves like consciously or unconsciously and something that I always look back to is that I remember some of my friends who were you know baby radicals out here in the protests in the streets doing things and I would see them in the streets being like super quote-unquote progressive liberal all this stuff whatever the the language is now but they would be really bad friends they would like not know how to treat people if they were in relationships. They would not be good to their girlfriends or their boyfriends. If there was like a, I'm like, how can we talk about liberation and freedom? And your ethic of care is absent. There's no understanding around mm-hmm. how do you treat people. Mm-hmm. But there's a, an analysis that is so pristine around like, here are the ways that things could be different. But I'm like, we're not doing that right now in mm-hmm. this smaller scale, which I know we'll get to like, well, why do you, how do we shift? And for me, I was like, I came across this idea around cognitive dissonance around like, that's one of the ways that systems of oppression have a hold on us, right? It's like, even if we have these ideas around things, there might be things that are like, they just get stuck, right? That we can't even Mm -hmm. fully process and feel into other places Mm -hmm. that we can be like, oh no, but look at what I'm doing on Saturday. But I'm like, what are you doing on Monday? Mm-hmm. Like, how are you treating the person who is cleaning out the garbage? Like, how are you treating the person who is delivering your groceries? And how how can mm-hmm. and how are those two people different? And what's the impact of that? Mm-hmm. That that is by by looking at other people. I was like, oh, okay. Well, if they're doing that over there, and I really respect them and the ways that they show up and what they are committed to, what does that look like in me? Right. Mm-hmm. And so. I'm going to take also part of this question is like, what are the ways that I had to grapple with some of this stuff? Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. so I know for part of my Black Studies classes learning, right, was this idea around these two worldviews, right, around this African-centered worldview and this Eurocentric worldview, which is really steeped in white supremacy. And one of the things that we talked about that is like, you talk to any woman in the world is hair, right? And this might be like, not a popular opinion, but this was my journey, right? Mm -hmm, That I was mm -hmm. like, oh, how can I believe in social change and revolution and to say that, you know, African descended people are beautiful when I continue to put this gibbity goop up in my hair after having agency to choose otherwise, right? So I was someone who was raised and had a relaxers every three months since I was seven, seven. And it wasn't until I was sophomore year in college, 19, what, 12 years, 12 years. So also- What's the agreement? What's the impact of that? Right. Mm-hmm. Just being like, oh, whatever. And but the the connection I was making, that's the ways that like the matrix is in us is like, oh, I'm not beautiful, I'm not attractive, unless my hair is looking in a kind of way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so we can say, like, oh, it's just hair, but hair is everything for some people, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, particularly for women of color, it's a mm-hmm. whole thing. And so when I decided that I was like, wait a minute, this decision doesn't connect with my values around blackness being beautiful, what am I gonna do about that? Mm-hmm. And I had to sit with myself and I was like we got to cut this thing off. We're going to need to stop that. And so my friend helped me cut off and I had my teeny weeny afro. Wow. She was so cute. <laughs> she was so cute. And I was like, oh, I've never seen what my natural head looks like. And I think that's also part of like the way that the matrix operates is that, and if you like look up the definition of liberation, it's like freedom from freedom from limits on thoughts and behaviors. 
what would what would what would your thoughts be? What would your behaviors be had you not been socialized in this kind of way? Have mm-hmm. we have you not existed in this kind of world? And mm-hmm. so that's like the metaphor that I think about my un unrelaxed hair. It was like I have no idea about the curls. What is it like? Does it like water? Does it not like water? In the same ways that I'm like, oh, what do my thoughts look like when they aren't being impacted by anti-fatness, when they aren't impacted by anti-blackness, all mm-hmm. of these things? What mm-hmm. are my thoughts? And looking at them being like, who said that? Who said that to me? Mm-hmm. What did I hear? What did I listen to? Why mm-hmm. do I believe that? Mm-hmm. Does it help me? Do I like it? You know, that was a big one for me. It was like, my beauty, which connects to our worth stuff. And if I don't want people to look at me, I'm not going to say nothing. And you need mm-hmm. to speak up if you care about. Like, it's just the, what are all the building blocks towards like, I want to make change. Well, you got to let people see you. Well, how do you see yourself? You know, like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it. And we'll have to have a follow-up conversation offline <laughs> about this. I've gone through the same hair journey and the skin mm-hmm. color journey. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk a little bit more about the matrix as you saw it playing out um, while you were working in the nonprofit sector. So you talked a little bit already about things that you observed in leadership. Let's dig into that. And let's let's pause here and actually, how do you define the matrix? Look, so I told you I brought notes. I'm like, I read, I like watched a few, I think a few, maybe a few months ago, I watched the matrix and they had Matrix is a computer generated dream world to keep humans under control, Mm. right? And so I, if you've seen any posts around, like there's one that I really like that talks about protests, right? That people are like, oh, I hate protesters, right? Because it's so inconvenient, but that's the point, right? That's like the matrix makes us believe that there are things that are convenient, right? And there are particular unspoken truths systems of oppression are unspoken truths or unspoken agreements that we're making around mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. when you see some right and you're consciously unconsciously maybe clutching your bag that's an unspoken agreement right the matrix mm-hmm. says that you should be afraid of that person and mm-hmm. you are co-signing you're like yep that mm, let me hold tight to myself I'm like but what but take a moment what why did i do that and so i think there's the matrix create an illusion i think the systems of oppression in a way remove the human element for a piece of efficiency, right? Because it's like, if we're all understanding particular messages or particular things to be true, then it creates things to be much faster, right? If you had to say there were three top internal barriers that you saw people grappling with, to use your language, as you were working in the sector, the matrix in them, what would you say those barriers were? Yeah, I think one that I was just talking to someone yesterday around being this person that cares about social change, right? And I imagine people who are gravitated to this podcast are like, I'm trying to do my best. What can I do? I want to shift the art towards justice, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think one of the things that gets us really stuck is this idea around the lone wolf, right? Or this idea around individualism, like I will be the one to save it. I will be Mm -hmm. the one to change it. Mm -hmm. I'm like, y'all don't work that way. We likely did not, we didn't create it depending on who's listening and what positionality we were in. It was not written and we did not write this book. We did not dream dream. It is a nightmare (laughs) for most of us, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think the idea that we are or can do it alone, I think particularly around leadership, right? Like you're in charge now you do this thing and I'm like mm-hmm. that's too much right and not not to say that like you can't or shouldn't take an amount of responsibility but I think more often those of us that feel really responsible or really desire for things to shift very quickly we're like okay well if I just do 10 more tasks 
it'll be great. But mm-hmm. it's like, mm-hmm. that's not how we got here, right? Part of the matrix is that there's a, we're all opting into it, right? And so if you're the only one that's opting out to it, as an example, that's not going to make the rids that we try to do. That's not going to carve out the thing. It helps, right? But it's also like, but how do you bring people along? Which mm-hmm. I'm like, it's mm-hmm. a whole other skill set. How do you bring people along? As someone who trained a lot of social workers to try to meet people where they're at, I'm like, that is very hard because a lot of people can't even meet themselves where they're at. Ooh. Like, how can you be honest where you where you really are? Right. And I'm someone who is like, heal self, heal the collective. There's this relationship between the self and the collective that we mm-hmm. need to be responsive in bridging the gap between. And when I see or hear people who are like, I'm just so tired. I'm like, well, how much are you doing? Like, I understand that the work is important, but like, how much are you doing? Okay. Well, there's nobody else. Yes. <laughs> what are your practices? How are you building? Mm-hmm, right. Then mm-hmm. I had some conversation with some people before. We're like, well, people not listening. Okay. Well, when people are like, how are you? What do you say? Fine. Are you fine? I ain't fine. But like, I don't trust this person. I'm like, <laughs> that's the, that's the practice then. We need to practice trust. Mm-hmm, Cause part mm-hmm. of also the, this idea around the, the individual is in cahoots with the uh, divide and conquer, right? Which is like, we all stay separate. We're like, we all have mm-hmm, our separate mm-hmm. boxes, our separate categories. There's us and there's a them, even that dichotomy re- is reinforced by this idea around the individual. And the last thing I'll say about this particular barrier is that I think when we look back at history and we only name the people who made it in the books, right? That we think about the Malcolm X's and the Harriet Tubman's. And I'm like, oh, that's a way that we're also pedestaling the individual where I'm like, there was loads of people behind Mm -hmm. them, around Mm -hmm. them, in front of them, right? And so even the way we think about change, we can be like, well, look at this person. Like, that person had lots of people. And so like, how are you in a practice of being in relationship with people, moving with people, grappling with like humans being human? Because the matrix tells us that like, this is the code, just follow the code and then you're going to get the white picket fence. But it's like, you're not going to, you're not. Before you move on to the next barrier, I just have to mention that maybe it was a couple of months ago now, or at least several weeks ago that I attended one of Petra's play shops around this very barrier, because I'm on this podcast asking, grappling with this question of what does it mean to change the world? Because the matrix is in me too. So I showed up, (laughs) you know, to the play shop needing some support, some guidance and, and looking at my own stuff. So thank you for creating that space. Thank you. That's what I, and I want to intentionally named it a play shop because I'm like, there's something I shared in a post yesterday around, there's a Instagrammer I follow, this indigenous Instagrammer, I think it's indigenizing arts or something like that. Hit me up, follow me after this. Um, But I, what they <laughs> right. were saying around like the desire to remove the arts and um any of those creative pursuits in school is because we, we will require an imagination to dream up the other world. So I think that's the I didn't name, I wasn't initially thinking about it, but now that you, that you say that, I think I'm like, wait, you just said something very profound that I'm actually going to ask you to slow down and repeat Mm -hmm. again. Mm -hmm. Okay. Imagination, right? Uh That imagination will be required for us to create a new world. And I, Mm -hmm. and depending on the school, how funded our school was, whether or not you were into the arts or dance, there are things that will require the arts and creativity that I feel like that is also missing. Like, I think again, because of the way that we think about change, then we're like, it's about strategy. It's about Mm -hmm. implementing. It's about how finesse can our plan be, right? But for me, I'm like, how deeply can we feel? Wow. How, how, what is our, I talk about this being a, 
how can we how how can we stretch our tolerance right that i'm like i feel like many of us have had to overcompensate for other people's lack of uh, lack of tolerance for someone else's lived experience and i think some of us have the opposite effect and so i'm always like what's the right sizing that needs to happen here and part of that mm-hmm. is like what's what's the tolerance to hold like the duality right and i think the thing that can help us is imagination which i'm reading lots of science fiction over the past few years cuz Science fictions help us do that, right? And I think there's a lot of people who are like, okay, we did, I'm doing the protests. We out here doing electoral organizing. I'm like, keep doing that, y'all. We need everyone Mm -hmm, to keep mm -hmm. doing that. And there are some people who are either building the skill or have the gift already around creativity that are like, what's the world, right? That I think about the Zapatistas who said a world where many worlds fit. And so that's really my North Star Mm -hmm. in terms of like, what's the vision that I'm like, I don't know what it would look like, but what would it look like for all of these worlds to coexist? We talk about this thing, but I'm like, what would that, what would it take for that to happen? Like for me to be on my planet, you to be on your planet and you're not over here trying to bulldoze my planet, but you get to live over there. I get it to live over here and we good. Okay. So as you can hear, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Petra's over here unplugging us all, giving us the keys <laughs> to unplug from the matrix. I feel like, where's gravity? I don't know. We just left. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? I grab a rock, y'all. Grab a rock. Know. It was like, drink water, drink water. <laughs> <laughs> I'm holding on here. I'm trying to stay grounded. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, listeners will know I was exactly the opposite. I'm like, let me get my PhD so that I'm an expert in this. I need to go straight and get credentialized mm-hmm. so that I can give the answers, find and then give the answers to all of these questions. And I love that you started from the space of organizing, feeling, meeting people where they are. So just so interesting. There is no right or wrong way to get on the journey. The fact is we both found our ourselves here and that's great. Yes. Okay, but we were just on barrier number one, and I'm wondering if you want to continue with this or if you want to hop, skip, and jump to another question. I leave it, leave the ball in your court. Okay, I'll do, I'll name the other two, and I'll try to be quick with it, but I'm like, I told you we could be here for six hours. I'm so excited. (laughs) Very true, very true. (laughs) But but I'm like, the lone wolf is one, and so if you are someone who's like, ain't nobody but me, and I'm like, "Mm, baby, I understand. I understand how that has got you to this point. I understand that to be a very smart way of moving through life, but I I invite you to be curious around like, how does that fit with where we want to go though? Mm-hmm. Which is always my question. It's like, here's where we are. What do we want to go though? And what do we need to get ready to get there? And even for me that I'm someone who I understand, uh, this is where like my social work kind of uh, background kind of comes in is around that oppression is traumatic. And we don't talk about that when we talk about trauma, but oppression is traumatic. I didn't say that Princess Hemphill has a quote, follow Princess Hemphill. But I was like, well, that hit different in, in a kind of way, right? And so the ways that some people are understanding the impact of trauma now, we just went through a global, we are going through a global pandemic. I'm like, that is traumatic. And what are the impacts and how does that mm-hmm. show up in our everyday, even as we're trying to do change? That that is something to 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 be thoughtful of. And so I want to name some of the some of the other one that I was thinking about that I think maybe I might have kind of sort of mentioned is around the savior complex that is inherent with nonprofits, right? Mm. That many of us are like, I want to create change, nonprofits, like that's a thing, right? And maybe some folks are the corporate elsewhere. And I think about always like, oh, what's the origin, right? As we think about like, why is it so hard to do something? Like, well, how did it start, right? Where it's like, there was some white middle class women who needed something to do. It was charity work, right? And so if that's the origin, if you understand the origin around mm-hmm. nonprofits and social work and such, that can give us some lens, right? And so I think it's also like, as we 
or learn to unpack the matrix. And parts of it is like, yeah, it's in us. But also for me, it's like, how do you, how do you attribute responsibility correctly? Right. That it's not just us. We're like, oh, we're messing up. We're doing the whole thing. But like, oh, there's a, there's a history here. There are things that have happened. Mm-hmm. There are things mm-hmm. I would think about. How does this make sense? Versus like, how am I wrong? How does this make sense with my life experience, with what I was taught, what I see in the world? Because mm-hmm. I think that kind of eases things too. Right. I love and, yeah. Yeah. And because I, I have had experiences where I had a student, um, I used to be a peer mentor in college. Cause again, I was like, y'all racism. Right. So it was like, how? What's <laughs> <laughs> the change? I gotta tell all people. Yeah, I was like, what are the leadership positions? I'm like, come on, people. And I had a student who went through their own politicization and this is why I'm really invested around this idea around not the lone wolf collaboration is a practice is because this student was new to me. And so her and I weren't as deeply rooted. We didn't have as much trust that when she learned that the whole world that she thought was true might have not been all the way true, mm-hmm. that broke something in her. And so something else that I wanted to make sure to say before I keep going right in the matrix is that they said at a certain age, we don't wake people up. Wow. And so I I think about that as I now speak about like people who are waking up 2020, people are waking up, maybe this podcast is the thing that's also like, what's the responsibility of being woken up and tending to that? I wish people had the opportunity to see the expressions going on during this (laughs) conversation. (laughs) Okay. They are missing out. Okay. We'll do a live one day. Anyway, continue. (laughs) But so the, the savior complex, right? And those of us who have beautiful desires for there to be changed, to inquire around where, take that, right? You shared around like, I need to go to this place and this place is going to give me the answers to help these people. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. where that place is coming from versus like, oh, maybe these people know. These people have been living these lives. And I think about like my work, I really want to support folks on the margins. I think those of us on the margins, we have so much to share, right? But we're Mm -hmm. like, not the first ones to be thought about, may not have access to education, People may not have access to this podcast episode, you know, mm-hmm. but make it make it possible. Make it possible. People who need it can get it. I know. Everybody um, like, share, all the things. Like, share, come, come on, get it up in the algorithm. But I think about the people who I'm like, who have, who can teach us about things, right? I'm like, mm-hmm. who can teach us about work? Folks who do sex work. Who can teach us about education? People who don't have one, right? Like, what are those barriers wow. and who are the people that couldn't access those things? There's answers here. There's a way that the matrix wasn't set up to support some people those people may have an understanding, right? And so how do we come together with like, okay, I got my my theory over here and I love theory, right? And I think you and I can connect because we like, we are intellectual folk and mm-hmm. there's like, there's real stuff happening on the ground. Mm-hmm. So where do we meet those two things? And I think some of that is part of the, the inquiry around like, why do I think I need to save people? Or why is that my mm-hmm. orientation? And particularly I'll share this last piece around number two, I had a student and many of my students were uh, first year and second year social work students who were like, I want to make change, right? Like maybe they also just learned about this thing. And I don't think that I showed up in a hardened kind of way, but I was like, change is going to take us much longer. Like, I know, I know it feels like I did the class. I took Mm -hmm. one class. I could do it. Let me do it. I got a GS mapping or whatever the people are learning. (laughs) I did a community analysis. I figured out here's the thing. And I'm like, this is your analysis. What do people think about that? How are you moving people? People mm-hmm. don't like to be told what to do. You don't like being told what to do, right? And so Actually, I can- that's part of part of being in the matrix. Some of us do like being told what to do, especially <gasps> as women. Like, I can't trust myself. Script. I need somebody else as the authority figure. I was I was raised that way. Anyway. 
Thank you. That's true. The scripts. What are the scripts? Give me the scripts. Some people, mm -hmm. I was talking to someone who was like, just give me the plan. I'm like, you are the plan. But you have the plan in you. But I see my work is like, how do we get all the gibbity gup off? How do mm -hmm. we clean away some of this stuff? And can we remember the 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 same thing that we have intergenerational trauma and curses? We also have intergenerational wisdom and and resilience. And how do we tap into that too? Like all the finger snaps is happening. Hope it's not too bad for the audio. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that's too right like coming asking questions like oh why why do why do I want to make change and 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 thinking about but like do and and if part of the and keep asking the question like oh I have the answer or I think I know best or but they don't know like mm, question those things and who mm -hmm. does that help right mm -hmm. and then the last one that I'll share just as I I'm real tired of it. And I'm going to like use this as a soundbite in the future that like red flag any organization who's like, we're a family here. Red flag, red flag. No. Oh, tell us about the red flag. Can we not? Because I'm just thinking about, and I also have a thing about words. And so as I was thinking, I was like, why do I have a problem with this thing? So family is defined as, and I look for a few, a group of individuals under one roof, usually under one head. But I, I was sharing around the when people are like, we're a family here. I'm like, run, run the other way. Run, run. Oh, um, no. Oh, no. <laughs> and, and the reason for that, right, is, and this is also coming, I will, as much as I can remember, is to name where my stuff is coming from. Because I think that's mm -hmm. also part of the matrix is like, there's objectivity. And I'm like, that's not real, right? Like everyone has their own experience. Mm -hmm. Everyone's operating from an orientation. Even if you went to X school, you learned this system, whatever, there's there's still your eyes are on it. Everyone mm -hmm. has different eyes, right? Or whatever orifice people are seeing with, right? And so family is described as a group of individuals under one roof, usually under one head, right? This is mm -hmm. the individual that's the problem again. Or it might be two heads, which then we have like the 2.5 children, which I'm like, that doesn't work for everybody, right? Folks who are non-monogamous, folks who are not partnered, you know, that doesn't work for everyone. Mm -hmm. And I think for someone who has experienced family trauma, and I'm like, I want to stay away from anything that resembles that stuff, right? Uh, okay. And so I think when we, but I understand the idea around like, oh, I want this to feel like home. And I'm like, ooh, but again, homemade, homemade the bee's knees for everybody. And so how are we thoughtful about like, again, this goes back to the imagination piece. Mm -hmm. What's the language that we're using? Are we all in agreement around what those things mean and what do we want? I'm like, I don't want a family, right? What I want and the things that I'm moving towards is around collective. And so collective is being done by a group of people acting as a group. We are committing to move mm -hmm. together in mm -hmm. a particular direction. I'm like, that's very different. And I think people can shortchange family as that, but like, I don't know about your family, but I grew up with like, we don't talk about that, which is mm. why we have, we don't have open conflict in organizations, right? Also part of white supremacy. We talk about like, daddy gets the final say, ED, director, mm. middle person has the final mm. say. That's not inclusive of the other people who, for me, I'm like, who's doing the work? Like those people should get the final say. I'm going to be on that soapbox forever. You, what, what else do you have? Think about the the middle child syndrome, only child syndrome, all this other stuff. Like there's so many things packed into and we bring all of that stuff to work. And then we add this label around family for me solidifying like there are dynamics at play here that many organizations have no idea how to handle. And I'm like, but you said we was a family. And look at all the ways that people are doing family. And now we're wondering why we can't get anything done, right? Or people mm -hmm. feel a particular way 
or people are being asked to do things that people don't want to do. Like, well, you, can't, you set it up that way. It was like, my family, we can't get anything done. <laughs> but we don't agree or we harm each other in the process. And now we bring that those same thoughts, those same things. I think in that part, maybe I do like a 3A is this piece around like there's a work self and a personal self. Hmm. That's not true. Your stuff is going to come in here. It's going to, your personal stuff going to come to work. Your work stuff going to come home. And I feel like that bubble was really broken for people during the the panini. People were like, <laughs> Where, how do I separate it? Like, it was always an illusion in the same ways that Matrix is an illusion, right? But it's nice to be like, take your, take your work hat off, boop, 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 boop. You may or may not be able to do that. Now, I don't know. For me, I'm just the last piece I'll say around this question is like, that's a lot of people, that's a lot of selves to keep up with. And that's also part of it. Like the, the piece is like, well, I'm this way with this person, this mm-hmm, way here, mm-hmm. this way there. And so I'm like, where is the you then? What where's the through line of the you that gets lost in the sauce? So much, so much richness there. Yes. All right. Um Instead of diving deeper, because we could just spend the rest of the episode here, let me let me hop on over. Move us along, today. Move us along. Move along. <laughs> so, in your experience, how do people even start to become aware that the matrix is in them in the first place? As you've walked alongside people, you know, outside of the context of their students and maybe took a course, like how are you seeing people unplug, like as professionals, as adults? Yeah, I was thinking, and this is like I'll offer is like a kind of example metaphor where I think about like the rise of, why is her name eluding me? Cardi B, the rise of Cardi B, right? Mm-hmm. And I think about the, the some discourse that I saw around it was like, y'all are loving her right now, right? But like those same girls you see on the train, you mock them as ghetto and ratchet and all of these anti-poor, anti-Black words. But then this person gets moved into celebritism. And now it's like, oh, this is this is fine, right? And so I say that to say that there's like, there are people all around us that I feel are trying to tell us about the matrix, right? Tell, tell us that like the rules that we think like, this is not okay. Mm-hmm. But then some of you have a celebrity over that thing that's not okay, mm-hmm. right? Think about folks who... There's like a scandal of sorts, right? We're like, scandals are bad, right? Like, that's what we're told. But like, wait a minute, this person had a scandal. Now they're like making bank, right? That I mm-hmm. think there's like so many ways that people around us, if we are willing to be changed by it, which is like one of my my own agreements, right? It's like, I'm allowing myself to be changed by people. Because I think some people are like, mm-hmm. no, I'm going to be this way and commit to it, which is also part of the matrix, right? This like, be rigid. There's firm. I don't want to say boundaries, but there's a firmness, right? But it's like, sometimes we're jelly, right? And some of us, let's say, some of us have some mental health issues. We're going to be a little jelly. There might be a storm here, right? And we're taught that the storm is bad versus like, sometimes it's stormy. Like that just is, like, it's not something to be fixed. And so- I think about the the ways that you might like turn your head at someone. You're like, why are they doing that? What's about that? Right. I think about people who who are loud. Some people get real mad about other people being loud. I'm mm-hmm. like, why? You, you don't feel comfortable taking up that space? You don't feel comfortable wow. using your voice in that kind of way? And so always seeing like, I'm really perturbed <laughs> by that person. Why? Why are you perturbed? You know? And I'm always leaning to curiosity, right? That's like, and I think the skill around not having any judgment, which we're also not good at, right? And not to say that I'm like, I got a down pat, but I'm just like, oh, I'm very, I'm like, I'm being judgmental here, which I think is another one of the ways that we can challenge the matrix, right? Is that we speak the things that are true. We are 
transparent about things. You're like, I'm being real judgmental here. I'm being really close-minded versus mm-hmm. like, here's my statement. Here's my belief. And not acknowledging where that stuff is coming from. Mm-hmm. Like, it just is. It's like, it's not. It's coming from a place. Here's the history behind it, right? If you feel comfortable to share, but it also will require like the piece I shared before around, can you meet yourself where you're at, right? Mm-hmm. Are you someone who, I always think about the 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 opportunities that can be missed in there being something different, right? That's the whole reason I named my business Create More Possibilities is like, what else could be possible if we made some of these shifts and thinking about like, what if someone asked you how you were and you're like, I'm not well. I do that. I'm not well a lot. And I'm, and I still care about change and I show up in a way and I'm like, I am not well. And, but here's what I have. Here's what, mm. what I can offer and what I can hold, right? That this isn't, again, this piece around like, both can be true. It's hard stuff. It's hard stuff. And what I just want to offer to people is that, it's not, it's not just you one. And the system is working when all of, we believe all of those things, right? When we believe that we suck, that we're not valuable, mm-hmm. we're not good enough, change isn't possible. I'm like, it's doing a good job then, right? Cause it's like, eat, eat the, eat the tasty steak. I don't know if you remember that scene. They were yes, eating. Yes, I remember that very well. He was like, I'm tired of eating the slop. And I'm like, that's fine. That's fine. Don't eat the slop then. But like, don't mess with people who don't want to eat the steak anymore, right? So if you listen to this podcast, you like bump that. That sounds like too much work. Mm-hmm. Ass tired. Go be tired. Go be tired. <laughs> Tire yourself out. Come back to this episode when you have taken a nap. Did you take? Did you take a nap today? I took a nap. Follow <laughs> <laughs> the nap ministry, right? Like also take taking the pauses. Notice. See if things hurt. See if things feel different. Things feel tense. Feel your heart. That's mm-hmm. a whole a whole thread. We'll continue in the future, but people will be following you on Instagram and they can see, continue to see your thoughts about this. Mm-hmm. All right. Final question. We've now uncovered the matrix is in us. Yeah. What do we do next? What do we do once we become aware? Yeah. I think for me, this is where like the so I think right we're, we're taught to be uh, heady about things. And so I'm like, and I like intellectual stuff, but like in the mind. And I think once you realize that the matrix is in you and it's not just like someone else's idea, but that there is a, a part that you play and a part that's in you. I really think that the next step is really going from getting some support or finding something that's going to help you move from thinking to feeling, doing, being, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's the missing piece is like, we have all these lofty ideas that I love for us, but I'm like, what does that look like today? In this next 10 minutes, what can I do, right? If I, what I want is one of my values in life and in my company is care, right? And so I'm like, how can I show care to myself? That looks like naps for me. How can you share, share care for yourself, right? That I think that there's part of the process and I'll, and I'll offer is, there's a lot of values and beliefs that are associated with the matrix around what is right, what's okay, what will mm-hmm. help you keep you safe. That I'm like, many of us do those stuff and it doesn't work, right? And so I think it requires us to reevaluate, but what do I believe, right? And I always like to start at values. What do you believe? And then once you have some words that you like, what does that look like in your everyday? And commit to that, right? We are in, in new, I don't know when this, I don't remember when this is going to be released, but it is New Year's-ish time still, mm-hmm. right? People mm-hmm. may set something, but like, What's the value? What do you want to live up to over the next year, over the next six months? And really thinking about like, okay, what do I want? What is what does a piece of that look like in today? 
versus like, oh, I need, it needs to be large and flashy. I have to do a campaign if we're like organizers, or I need to do a strategic plan if we are like the movers and shakers or organization, or mm-hmm. I need to do an assessment of sorts if we're something else, right? Mm-hmm. What does that piece look like today, right? It might be like, go check in on Molly. Is Molly okay? Like, mm-hmm. go check in on your coworker, Molly. Check in on those. Go- Is this on a human pace? What are we doing? It's those little <laughs> things. I think about like, what's all the stuff that gets us stuck in? And it's all the stuff that we skip over because we're, there's a output goal they're moving towards. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, but how do we want to feel in the process? And how do we center into that? Right? Like mm-hmm. the play shop that I'm creating, I want you to play. What would be, what would be the most playful thing for you to do? Right? How can you reimagine trust from a place of play? But to mm-hmm. end, and hold that, like, I've trusted people and they've burned me. They've hurt me. Mm-hmm. I feel that. And that is true. And if, as two people who follow emergent strategy, right, that if we need trust, if we need the relationship to create the kind of change we want, how are we doing that? Where does that go? People can't see me, but I'm holding two hands up. Like, how do we hold both? And many people mm-hmm. are like, nope, one or the other. And that's where I'm like, oh, that's an opportunity to expand. Expand our... What do we, what can we hold in a certain time? And I'm like, don't, don't try to hold all of it right now, right? That I'm like, if you paused during this podcast episode, that was very smart of you. Pause, pause again. (laughs) Take it in, (laughs) take it in. Take it in in stride. If this is new for you, another y'all, if you don't watch the Matrix after this, I'm going to be real mad, right? But another (laughs) Matrix movie thing, Neo was like, why do my eyes hurt? It's like, you've never seen before, right? Mm -hmm. There may be some of that. Mm -hmm. You're like, Dang, why didn't I know? Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> did that make sense? How did that protect you? How did that mm-hmm. help you? Mm-hmm. I know you've done lots of work around your thoughts and stuff. Some of that is some, some of this. And once you once you either can do that for yourself or if you can't, then I'm like, again, this piece around togetherness. Like, y'all, did you can you listen to this podcast episode with me? Can we talk about mm-hmm. it afterwards? What mm-hmm. do you think about that? Mm-hmm. I don't like that, Petra girl. That's fine. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> engage engage in the conflict and the debate that's we need that what mm-hmm. are we going to do when the apocalypse comes you know where it's going to be conflict how do we handle it <laughs> i'm just trying to get us ready <laughs> <laughs> on that note it has just been such a pleasure to have you here and yeah what a treat for for listeners i'm excited for them to have the chance to to hear all of this Yes. And if you you if you are interested or curious about anything that I shared, feel free to follow me at Create More Possibilities on Instagram. And to Janae's point, if you're like, okay, I'm feeling it. I need to do some assessment. How do I get started? I created this workbook. I'm like, it's editable. If you want the internet, you can print it, do a little thing. It's not too late, y'all. I'm like, we can assess. We can <laughs> ask some questions. If you like reflection, you're like, how do I get started? You said mm-hmm. a whole bunch of stuff. I know I could go on. I talk real fast. I'm from New York. I got, there's a workbook that I created. Hit me up, respond, DM me workbook. We gave you my little workbook. Get started. Start, start to entangle. Open your eyes. Yes. And check the show notes. So I know Petra just announced her information, but it's also going to be there how you can access her on Instagram, her website, all the information that you need to know. So any, any last words, I give you the final word if you want to close out on a thought. Yeah. Um, Tenderness. I'm hearing a lot of people talking about like, can we be tender? There's like this meme that was like, I'm calling God, telling him I'm not one of the strongest soldiers. Tell him. Tell him and tell your people, like, be tender, <laughs> be tender. What does, what does softness look like? What is possible? Don't, don't let people tell you that that's a privilege. Be good to yourselves. Be good to mm-hmm. each other. 
Love that. All right. On that note, folks. Thank you. Hey, before you go, if you want to, one, keep up with my blog, which I do post on sporadically, two, hear about my latest workshops and events, or three, learn more about my work as a facilitator and a coach, then I invite you to check out my website, www.gilmorefacilitationllc.com, and sign up for my email list. Until next time, remember, you're part of a beautiful community of people who want to change the world.